You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Well, welcome back to the Batuta Advocate Radio Show. We've been on a good run of guests here at Batuta. We had Jackie Lambie on before that. We had a range of playwrights and authors yep. and stuff. And really, we're just enjoying uh, not having to talk about the federal election, if I'm honest. Um, and that's why we're really trying to mix it up. Today, we're joined by, I guess you'd say, royalty of Australian sport, Australian combat sports. Mm-hmm. You've got me here in the booth, uh, Clancy Overall, editor of the Batuta Advocate. I'm joined by Wendell Hussey, the Eternal Cadet. How are you, Wendell? Yeah, going really well, thanks. Um, as you said, it's a little bit of a change of pace today from the likes of Jackie Lambie, Ash Lange from Weather Zone, but we've got an identity in here, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we definitely do. An identity of sport, Jordan Simmy, a man who has played 23 games of suburban rugby union for Randwick in Australia. Um, I, we went deep on the actual stats here with 30 games of group rugby league in Gundagai for the Tigers out there. Here, the Tiger Roar. New mm-hmm. South Wales uh, kind of kept him for a little while. He did two games for North Sydney Bears. A short stint with the Coogee Dolphins where he busted 312 tackles, trucked the ball up 912 times, Thank scored you. four tries and assisted five more. And now... That's some good stats. That's immortal stuff there. Yeah, That's 10th, 9th, 10th immortal, yeah. I think. I believe he did a little stint in Northern England visiting a mate there. He got a job in a pub. <laughs> No and Southern France, though. No That's Southern a bit of a, France. Uh, he, missing. No, he wants to go down that there. That was off-season. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, Holidays. Yeah, that was uh, down there in uh, Marseille, down there hanging out with Piercy. He's had a hell of a time. Uh, and now he can add a boxing, an official professional boxing fight to his name. Thank you for joining us, Jordan. Thank you for having me, guys. You actually missed out a season I did over in Kalgoorlie in the uh, the uh, country AFL league. <laughs> oh, are you a Perth Kiwi? Are yeah. you a WA Kiwi? I moved over to Perth, yeah, before before Sydney. So I was oh. living in, I was working in the mines in Kalgoorlie and they didn't have union there, obviously. So How does minor footy go over there? That would be... Oh, um, it's disgusting. Compared to Bush Rugby League? <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, there's, um, it's very violent. And uh, slightly racist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine the heckle from the sidelines. Yeah, sidelines, you know, yeah. especially when you don't know what position you play. Yeah, yeah. You're just running around the ruck, but mm. it was a good time. I want I want to go back to the start. Before we get to, you know, the Cinderella story. Cinderella Simi, I've been calling him. Everyone wrote him off, um, but he came through. You know, it was a wonderful thing for Australian boxing, what we saw the other night down there at the Horton Pavilion. We, of course, were there. Shout out to the Rose Boys. Shout out to No Limit Promotions for hooking us up with the tickets because we had to watch this. But I want to go back to the start. And we're talking Jordan Simi against Queensland State of Origin great Justin Hodges, if you're not aware. If you're not aware. Yeah, a man that I guess, Jordan, as a Kiwi, you might have grown up cheering for. May I actually... I actually loved, yeah, Hodges. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. This is nitty grittiness. Like, he mm. just always get into people's heads, mm-hmm. you know, even sometimes before the games. Um, always had people questioning him, you know, his intentions before the game. But, yeah, he got into my head. He got, he into, got into your head? head. Yeah, Did slightly. You, so we'll, we'll go back to the very start. Auckland? Yeah, so I was born in Auckland, uh, born in South Auckland, and uh, went got a uh, rugby union scholarship to King's Prep and King's College over there. Yeah. Right. Played over there and then, uh, yeah, and then moved over to um, Perth when I was about 14, 15. Yeah. 
for the resources sector at that age or your family already in the game? No, no, no. So um, I was actually sent over to Perth to play rugby Damn, union. Damn, force feeder. Yeah, and um, so how that all came about, I was actually going to boarding school at King's yeah. and um, I was there on the weekend and a Perth high school came over. I think it might have been Scots or whatever it may be and the coach comes into the, the boarding house and goes, oh, we just need someone to play wing. But I was playing number eight at this stage in, <laughs> in union. So I was like, oh, yeah, so I'll jump on. And I think I scored about four or five tries. And then one of the fathers were there scouting for the force. And then they hit me up to come over. But yeah, it was it was the start of the start of the nightmare. <laughs> and uh, oh. please indulge us, mate. Well, I fourteen. Did they send you to school? Yeah. Well, it, it was a, it was a bit of a sad sad run actually from that age because my brother Thomas passed away. He committed suicide, and that rattled rattled my family big time. Rattled my old boy, and he just sort of went off the rails a bit and was like, yeah, yeah, just go over to Perth and whatnot. And a few family issues happened over there. And I actually was homeless. I was I spent some time at the force and um my at home life wasn't good at all. It was just really, you know, alcohol, drugs and all that jazz. So I was sort of scared to talk about it to the coaches. So they were saying, you know, why are you late to training? Why why are you coming and you And this is like the RM's Western Force guys. Yeah. Are, yeah. yeah. So going, what's going on? Why aren't you fucking at training? Yeah. Time, so mate? this was around the same time as like James O'Connell was there. Yep. yep. Um Pocock. Pocock, yeah, yeah. 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 Um Sharp was S- still the S- captain. Senator Pocock, yeah, Nathan Sharp. I remember those days. Yeah, yeah. Early days of the force. Yeah, yeah, it was super early. So they were sort of just like, Why like why are you coming to training? You're not you're not putting any size on, you know, you're sleeping after training. Mm. And yeah, I ended up running away from home yep. and sort of I, me and my dad lost contact and, and yeah, and I was sort of, sort of homeless for, for a few years until I turned 18. And then what got work in the mines there and kind of found yourself about <laughs> yeah. that or? Mate, I actually met, I met this, uh, this is how it sort of all came about. I, was, I had a mate that I had met, this other Kiwi guy. Um, he became my best mate. And he actually committed suicide as well, so I'd I'd oh, sort of gave, given up on the rugby the nightmare. dream. Nightmare, you you were right. I thought you were talking about a string of injuries, but it no, sounds like it, a, it, a lot more than that. Yeah, well, it that happened, and um, it was a lot of a dark time at that stage. So I thought, shit, you know, I just I just gave up, and that's sort of when I was just living on the streets. And I can't remember exactly how I linked up with this Kiwi guy, but he uh, he reached out to me. He goes, man, I'm a supervisor. This is fast forwarded, fast forwarded all to when I was around 17, 18. And he goes, I'm a supervisor in the mines. He's like, you know, would you just come up and live in Kalgoorlie and work with, work with me? So I, thought, I was like, stuff it, I'll come up definitely. And he picked me up, drove down, picked me up. And I was like, you know, hopefully there's no sexual favours involved in this. But <laughs> the guy had a family and stuff and he was just... <laughs> <laughs> so I was Isolated just, community. I was, yeah, I was like, you know, uh, what's going on here? But his... Um, just turned out to be a nice Kiwi <laughs> yeah, guy. <laughs> just a nice Kiwi guy, not swingers. <laughs> but yeah, so his, his wife and him took me in, man, and gave me a job working at this engineering company. And um, I think my first pay was something like 3000 bucks or something for a oh, week's work. And yeah. I was like, this is an early mining, like yeah. not early mining, boom, but yeah. yeah, during the boom. So I was like, I'm not leaving here. So yeah. And then I want to fast forward through that. You obviously uh, hit the paddock playing uh, rural uh, Aussie rules. <laughs> then I want to fast forward back over the other side of the continent. Mm. When you came into that fight, I gassed you up like you're a career fighter at the start, at which you may well be. And we're going to get to that later. But, how did you end up finding yourself in this world where you're now a prominent 
podcaster, I guess, YouTuber, general kind of uh, identity amongst Sydney's footballing and uh, and now combat sports crowds. Mm. And, um, you know, you do have your followers. You have people that tune in every week to hear what the hell you got up to on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you know, obviously, as you guys know, I'm at YKTR. I've been mates with, like, Ice and stuff since about 2017. Mm-hmm. And I'd always sort of been the rat bag in the group, just partying all the time and whatnot. And so they were all playing footy, and you you'd, you'd stepped out by that stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd go to like, I was out at um, at Winnie doing New South Wales Cup and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, I just couldn't be bothered. I was yeah. like, stuff this, you know. And uh, so I was sort of uh, Normie and I lived together, so I ended up moving in with Normie when Chico signed with the Broncos. Mm-hmm. So him and I were sort of just staying in this house together. I was I was working down at Kernel at the oil refinery. I was actually supposed to go on, on maths. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that had all signed, all the contracts signed, everything. Um, Normie was going to be my best man. And we made like a list of like 30 people. And I think it was a mixture of like NRL boys, AFL boys, um, union that boys. would have been the absolute dream oh. for Channel 9. Oh, man. It, it, it like, we were like, this is going to be a laugh, you know. And this is sort of when I had my foot in the door at YKTR because it always be like to ice, give me a give me a shot at coming yeah. in like and he'd just yeah. be like no 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 i'm so gonna this- have five hundred thousand followers in <laughs> any month now well i was i was lucky because yeah the yeah, people weren't too red hot on that season but um yeah, yeah. The, right. the last day the last day i sort of just i don't know i had i i was like i can't do this change of faith <laughs> yeah just pulled out straight away but yeah so you're living with Corey norman mm quiet household i'd imagine, I imagine yeah at this Quietest. point he's playing origin at least yeah. He's playing every match, yeah. every season. Yeah. You've obviously got a big personality and stuff, so you're not considered one of the hangers on. You're probably leading the boys. Yeah. But what's it like in those circles? That's what we want to know. When um, you're rolling young blokes, keys to the city, mm. what is the vibe? Is it can you see how these boys get into trouble? Yeah, yeah. It was um <laughs> it, it it's funny it's funny though because a lot of them aren't actually troublemakers. Like yeah. my nickname's troublemaker. Yeah. It just happens organically. Yeah, yeah. But um I mean uh you know But the, you we, you remember the naughty boys from back home oh, NRL yeah. players. No, 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 exactly. But you know, Normie wasn't having um too much of like, you know, it was the back end of his uh, mm-hmm. of his NRL career, and it was tough seeing him actually mm-hmm. fucking cop a lot of stick yep. because um, you know his phone would just blow up after games, and so you know it, it was. I learned a lot of him actually just with that mental toughness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people just see him as a bit of a playboy, you know, whatnot. But no, and yeah. you're all actually you're all quiet as church mice, and you <laughs> absolutely. Uh, a misrepresentation of just, all of you. Uh, we're artists. A night in and a good mood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're artists, Peter. you know what I mean? It's, 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 no, we're just, uh, we're just, I always say, you know, we're just all misfits that found each other, you know, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, Ice sort of brought us together. So, so Ice, Isaac John. Yeah. From the uh, proud North Island region of Rotorua, um, where the, where the hills emit this lovely kind of lavender smell of sulfur and uh you've got all the go-karting and all that kind of stuff tree lopping country yeah yeah so he's playing nrl then you've got young chico sugiaro you're not playing professional sport at this point although you know you came to australia with that in mind (laughs) yeah how do you end up becoming you know what many would say is like a you've been platformed by a sporting media company yktr yeah 
and you don't have the representative jerseys, no. and now you are <laughs> running your own show, and you have your and it's not particularly sport at all. Yeah, tell me how that kind of came to be. Okay, so the boys would always, you know, Normie would actually. He was a massive. Um, he was a. He would always back me, saying, "Give this guy a podcast. Give this guy something. Put a camera in front of him because mm. the shit he does is just outrageous." And <laughs> and you know, and I and and on YKTR is almost like a family thing. So I was sort of like, you know, he didn't really know me, didn't really trust me. Mm. So he was sort of like, mm, I'll I'll think about it. Yeah. I actually met all the boys through Chico first, because yeah. Chico and I used to do sprint training together with Roger. Yeah, right. And uh, that's how I sort of weaselled my way in there. But Ice and I actually used to go at each other all the time back in the day, you know. But so this is how it actually came about though. So they had the, the new office and stuff and um, they were doing a companion, you know, they watched the, the games on YouTube and react to it, have a few beers. Well, I rocked up to the office pissed one afternoon <laughs> slash night and um, and I was sort of just waiting for them to finish so Scope and I could go get on, on the person. So then... Um, Rennie Matua didn't show up for one of the for the uh, companion. What you telling me, Rennie flaked? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We got him once. We're lucky enough. We got Rennie. He's once. mystical, man. <laughs> Rennie's mystical. So um, they go, oh, you know, Simon, do you want to jump jump on? So I was like, yeah. And you're already half cut. Oh man, I was I was twisted. Yeah. <laughs> so I jumped on and. Um, you know, I just went for it, and then the comments just started. So, man, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Who is this guy? And that that would have been about just a, just a bit over a year ago, right? Were you nervous for that? Was that like starting at a new club, having your run on debut, or was it just like no. great no, up, let's go? As soon as I have beers, it's a, it's like as anyone, you know, you get that confidence and that yeah. glow. But yeah. I knew that little. It was my shot to you make an impression yeah, yeah. because I was like, I want to be a part of this and, you know, and I, I, I believe I can. I can. Yeah. So Give me the ball. Yeah, give me up. the ball. And, Put me on, coach. Yeah, so, yeah, and um, yeah, and it just, just went on from there and then Scope and I did a bit of work together, but, yeah. For the for the listeners who aren't across YKTR, Scope is what I would have to say a very clever nickname for Justin Horro, uh, Horro Scope. Mm, um, layers. Uh, layers to that and also, um, you know, another noted Church mouse, another quiet little kind of Kiwi bloke that kind of just found his way through the world of NRL and, um, you know, all the different kind of soft launch openings and stuff like that <laughs> that these guys get invited to and found himself as somewhat of a media personality. So the tide rises together. We've got a range, well, I can say four mm. NRL stars here and this guy that walked in pissed one night uh, when Randy Matur wasn't there. <laughs> And all of a sudden, we've now got uh, YKTRs pivoting into uh, dating and lifestyle. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's where you kind of, I mean, and, you know, culture, lifestyle, as you mentioned earlier, the arts. Yeah. So this is it. You're now a podcast. And I guess for anyone listening, this is how it happens. This is how we find these people. And this is how people make careers doing this stuff. Lord knows, I don't know how any of those, you know, prominent uh, YouTubers or podcasters in America started. I, I, I don't want to say Jake and Logan Paul because you've been compared to them due to your boxing debut, but, uh, you know, no one really knows how it starts. All of a sudden, you've got this audience. You've got this fan base. Yeah. And you're hopping in a ring with Justin Hodges. Yeah, I want to know. I want to know what head. led to that. Like, because this is now you've got stripes. None of those boys have been yeah. in a fight. None of them have been. I, I said to the boys, I said, I'm the only professional athlete here. So fucking put me up on that pro professional athlete wall and put put respect on my name. And they'd always go, uh, oh, You got the blue tick. How'd you get the blue tick? Who got it for you? And I'm like, 
I'm a fucking professional boxer yeah, now, so yeah, I mean, you ask Fox Sports, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So how that, bro? The, how that came about was um, Lukey. You know, Lukey from YKTR. Yep. So he goes, oh, you know, I'm going to go train at Bondi Boxing Club. This was about eight weeks prior to the fight happening. And I go, oh, that sounds exciting. Yeah, I'll, I'll come down and train with you. So him and I go do a 6 a.m. class. And we go to that one and I'm like, fuck, that was amazing. I want to do it again. And he never came back. He just All came right. down for that one and <laughs> left me there. So then, um, you know, I'm posting it up. And we had already been going to the fights like you guys, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, just doing a bit of content for, yeah. for No Limit here and there. And so I'd always joke around to Georgie, like, oh, I'll jump in the ring for content. Like, why not? It'll be a fucking, it'll go well. And we'd sort of just laugh back and forth. And I started training at Bondi Boxing. And I said to him, I go, man, you know. It's in my mind. It's, I, I like this feeling. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's a, you know, so we, we kept chatting, we kept chatting. And then um, the Brisbane card was, was coming up. And I had actually been in probably about a six-week training camp before that. So I go, man, why don't I jump in there with, with anyone? He goes, would you fight Justin Hodges? George Rose said this to you. Yeah. Yeah, right. And I was like, I was, I was shitting myself. I was like, <laughs> never never boxed in my life. Not not even a sparring session at this point. So I go, but I'm yeah. fit. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's let's do it, right? So and then you know it it wasn't really locked in, locked in. Yeah. So then um. You know, I get a call. He said, oh, he, he wants to fight Benny Hannett. And I was like, oh, shit. All right, well, fuck it. It is what it is. So I pretty much got on the piss for about two two weeks. <laughs> Just all my training went out the window. <laughs> and then I get a um, I get a call up from Maddie. He goes, you know, oh, sorry, from Georgie and, and Maddie. And he goes, um, do you want to uh, do you want to jump in the ring with, with Justin? He wants to go again with someone in Sydney. Sort of no one really wants to jump in because they haven't had time to train. And I was like, man, I'm never going to get this opportunity again. You never know when it's going to come. So I just go, yeah, let's fucking do it. <laughs> I remember you saying to me, um, you know, you had, well, you, you just said then, you'd been on the piss, you'd been smoking, you vaping. Vaping, you, yeah. You'd been, so then <laughs> tell us about And, and this. this is eight days before or 10 days? How, like, how much? Yeah, is, yeah. What's this the is time frame there? About eight. Uh, so we, it was 100% a lock eight days prior to the fight. So I was. I was like, man, they're going to do me dirty again, you know, like I'm, I'm not going to stop. <laughs> so mm. I was like, there's no point stopping what got you to the dance, you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, so yeah, about eight days. And so w was there somewhat of a uh, rapid training camp then? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My, uh, because the Bondi Boxing weren't going to let me fight because this is what they do. Like, this is their livelihood. <laughs> well, not, so with, not with their name on your shirt. <laughs> they were like, we're not going to let you walk out there and embarrass our fucking well-established boxing club. We haven't even seen you spar before. Put some tape over the name. Yeah. They were, they were like, mate, we haven't even seen you spar before. And I go, trust me. I've got a feeling this is going to be a good night. And my coach is like, I don't even know you that well. <laughs> He's like, man, this is the weirdest thing because, you know, that, that they were like, this is the this is so weird what's happening. And I was like, just trust me, I can do this. And he goes, oh, oh, uh, so probably about six or seven days out before the fight, he goes, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, you have to spar to prove it. And I was like, okay, who am I going to spar? And then they're like, point at Steve, who's fucking 30 fights deep, <laughs> been boxing there for years. He's there all, all day, every day. I'm like, okay, he's a bit smaller than me. Yeah, all right, let's 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 get into it. And I think he punched me in the head about 30 to 40 times. I hit him maybe three times in the second round. 
And I got out of the sixth round and he goes, all right, you can take a punch. Like, that's all that matters. Oh, right. Yeah. So like, you what, can cop it. Yeah. There's, he, a, there's no chance. Well, there, there's little chance that you should just get dropped. Yeah. Well, because he was in. he was rocking me, like yeah. punching me as hard as he could. After that, I'll, were you like, I'm done? And then like, were no, you expecting well, Tell me the like, thoughts after that. Yeah. Because you've, you've obviously been <laughs> some sort of a reality check there. Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, I've, it's a funny story. I told my coach, I go, I go, man. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a boxer. I said I've, I've had so many street fights. I said like, my dad. This is how this is the area I grew up in. Right, yeah, my yeah. the fathers used to get all the the kids and make them fight each what, other. What's uh, what suburbs is this? <laughs> uh, Mangere East. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, home like, of Olsen Filipana. Yeah. So the old boy used to make me fight other kids in the neighborhood. The dads used to bet on us, almost like cockfighting. Mm. So I had been punched in the head a million times before I even turned 15. So I had no issue about getting hit. It was my, it was more my fitness. Mm. That was, you know, I'm and an Islander hurts. boy. Yeah. I like to dabble in the McDonald's and the, yeah. you know, the bad foods, the dark arts. So that was the only thing I was scared of. I didn't want to gas out to a point where like I was just leaning against the ropes and yeah, yeah. getting touched up yeah, and getting, really, really bad. Yeah. Bondi Boxing were confident in sending you in there with their name on you. Mm. And then... <laughs> You end up in the media junket circuit, which is interesting because not many fighters are coming in with your kind of gift of the gab because, you know, you spent, I don't know how many episodes you would have done now, just talking, 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 About podcasting. 50. Yeah, 50. And, and, you know, you've been on other podcasts and yeah. you've been in this world. Um, so you've got that skill set, which is funny because most fighters don't have that. <laughs> with what they have that you don't have... You know, you also have um, the ability to sell a fight. Yeah. And it became clear that you were going at all stations here when you <laughs> declared live to Fox News that you were doing it to win back your girlfriend. Notebook 2.0. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fuck it, man. You know, that. <laughs> so embarrassing, man. It's good stuff. It's so funny because- um, That was when we got our tickets, by the way. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, when we heard that, we're like, yeah. damn, oh, this is like a- Elite content. This is a true yeah. romance. Well- <laughs> Man, it, it was genuine, you know, because uh, a part of the other reason why I jumped into the Bondi boxing was mm. because I was sad. Mm. I was sad about the breakup, you yeah. know. And, you know, men don't talk about it as much as they should. I was just like, I'm a, I don't know if you want to call it romantic or a psychopath, but yeah. I'm in the middle there somewhere yeah, yeah, yeah. where I'm like, you know, why don't I use yeah. this stage to just not, you know, go and fight like a fucking Viking to, you know, show my girlfriend that I love her with my axe and my shield. It, it was more me just going, you know, doing something and then saying, hey, I love you. Mm -hmm. You know, just being on that stage and saying, I miss you. I love you. Come on. Enough's enough, you know. So, um, so you said that before you even got in the ring in the um, in the promo junkets. Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of standing up, flexing the arms. I'm going to win her back, and you know, uh, your ex missus was, uh, you know, she's a model, mm. and didn't the Daily Mail love that? There was photos of the two of you spliced, like for the love of war yeah, and that kind yeah. of stuff. They're and trying to lean into the audience of like 55 yeah. year old Grahams on the Daily Telegraph. <laughs> yeah. And like, oh, bloody yeah. Ridiculous is this? Well, well, the um, so what happened was the whole media th uh, thing that happened. That everyone was just telling me, don't, don't bring her up, mm. don't do it. Don't embarrass the sport. Don't embarrass yourself. Don't embarrass the club. You know, don't embarrass YKTR. And I'm don't like, embarrass her. That's why I'm like, you go, yeah, don't embarrass her. Don't embarrass her and embarrass her family. And I was like, man, that's why no one will remember your name. Like, 
fuck that you know what i mean i know her she'll love this it's a personal thing between her and i I don't care what anyone else thinks so the first media day i was super humble i was like yeah i'm i'm fighting an nrl great and that's the way i am i'm i didn't want to shit talk or anything and the boys come and i was like oh so what do you guys think they're like four or five out of ten and i was like what they're like you gotta g up the fight and i was like oh man that shit makes me cringe like and um you know this is when I say Justin Hodges got me. He was talking shit on the radio and stuff. You know, oh, who's this wannabe? And then the media day, they go, you know, you got to get after him. You get him, you know, get get the fight pump. And I'm like, oh, all right, then sweet. I'm like, what, what do you want me to say? So the boys go, oh, just attack his age and stuff and his last fight. And I go, okay, sweet. I, so I attack him. Felt horrible about it. And then they pass it on to him. They go, so what do you reckon, Justin? He goes, oh, man, I'm just really grateful to be here. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> now I'm the douchebag. Yeah, like, I'm the villain. grandpa. Yeah. And I didn't, honestly, man, I felt so bad afterwards. I was like, holy shit, this, this is so ugly. And then um, after he got off, we sort of went face to face. And I was like, you bastard. Yeah. You bloody hodges me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind games. So you yeah. just decided to talk about love after that. Mate, so so then um yeah, so what then what happened was I ran into the Daily Telegraph guy and he goes, Why like why did what, what made you start fighting? And I was like, I'm just gonna be honest with you, man. I was like, I want I wanted to, you know, get my, my ex girlfriend back. And then you just seen the Bondi boxing coach, everyone's like, Fuck <laughs> No. And then I was just like, Yeah, well, you know what? I'm telling you the truth, man. I said I've I fucking want to get my ex-girlfriend back and I want to use this stage to tell the world that I love her. And, um, you know, and, and he, he actually went word for word on it, but then it got picked apart from the, the other, the other powers. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, this is so, you know, masculine and like, this guy's disgusting, like fighting for love. Like, and I was like, Oh my God. I was like, fuck. Well, well, you did your job. Everyone's yeah, talking. Yeah. But the funniest one was, uh, me going on Sky News about it. <laughs> Did you not see that? Didn't see this one. I get this email. They're like, hey, Jordan, like such and such from Sky News. Love the notebook and love your love story. Can you come on Sky News and do like a little, a little, um, have a little live chat on live TV about it? So I was like, yes, yeah, sweet. And what do you think about climate change? Donald <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trump. Oh, <laughs> yeah. One guy's like, why are you here? <laughs> I was like, man, I don't even know. They emailed me last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's some good press i mean i'm i, I know that i know george you'd be loving it yeah it went man it, it, the the guy from the daily telegraph said it was the the most clicked on uh sports story in the past year or so oh nice yeah and said that um you know something like that so yeah he was having a laugh and um but it was genuine, man. It was genuine. A lot of people were like oh he's just doing it but i love sammy like i'm <laughs> bloody obsessed with her so i was like I'm just able to, to come on a boxing stage and tell her I love her. Like, any uh, any luck? Yeah, yeah, yep. of course, yeah. Back on. I'm trying. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it, mate. I'm another working fight. on it. We need yeah. another fight. It's, it's, it's what's she next said, now. you can get Gal, yeah. we're on. Yeah. yeah. Do it. Call yeah. it now. <laughs> mate, yeah, I'll, like, I'll fight Gal for sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll fight Gal for sure. <laughs> I, okay, after that experience, I'll fight it. Honestly, I would okay. fight anyone. Okay, so that Daily Telegraph journalist right now, yeah. this, is your, this is your headline. <laughs> Jordan <laughs> Simi says, still hasn't won back ex-girlfriend willing to fight Gal. <laughs> 
I've, I'd literally fight bloody Scott Morrison if yeah. I have to. <laughs> well, bam, one, bam, bam, bam. That'd be a good one. Tui Vasa. Oh, yeah. No, that's bloody. That's stretching it, you know. Yeah. I don't that's know if Scott Morrison would be much of a fight. <laughs> yeah. Now, tell, tell us. A debate. I mean. <laughs> Challenge him to a debate. Tell us about the fight. Yeah. You're in the ring. All right. We've already gotten, you've already called out Gal, mm-hmm. so we haven't really kind of walked through the actual four rounds there. You walk out to Black Skinhead. Absolute track. Was that one that's been on your mind for years? Well, it was one of those songs that you go, I could walk out to a fight yeah. with this. You might just be watching Home and Away one night and you know, you, yeah. and this song comes on and yeah. you're like, I could walk out to this. But I wanted to come out to Tennessee Whiskey. Yeah, right. And, and no one would let me. I was picking country songs. I love country music, you know. So I was, I was picking country songs, a bit of Mariah Carey, but everyone was like, no. I should have stuck to my guns because that song pumped my heart so much by the time I got to the ring I was fucking puffing and then my coach I don't know if you've seen but when we're walking out he was almost sprinting to the ring and I was like (laughs) I felt the need to keep up with him you know so but yeah came out to a bit of Kanye West now Clancy um, listeners to this podcast will know Clancy has quite a storied history um, in 10 boxing around Queensland he's been in a few fights himself mm. I have only been in a few maybe out the front of licensed establishments footy field that yeah. sort of stuff Smart not proper fights yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah as someone who you know this is your first professional fight what are the thoughts going through your mind going out into that ring what do you like what are you thinking is it just you're scared of getting gassed out or, yeah. or genuinely what is running through your mind with well, all those people around you so we we get there everyone's you know saying hello blah 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 and we get into the um the tent and i'm like i sort of sit down and i'm like I'm like, man, what am I? What the hell am I doing? This is maths like, 2017 all over again. This is, this is commitment. <laughs> I was like, you know, this is. I didn't. I wasn't scared about the fighting aspect. That only lasted for like, I reckon, about five minutes, mm-hmm. where yeah. I was sort of like, shit. It's a long five minutes. Oh, mate, yeah, it was fucking long. But someone goes to me. Someone said to me, um, uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been one of my coaches. Goes, the only way, like, you're not going to, you know, let the size of the um the night like defeat you or, you know, give you anxiety or make you freeze in there is it's just actually thinking like you're the man, yeah. like thinking you're Muhammad Ali, thinking, you know, you can act, you can box with the best of them, thinking that everyone actually came to see you. And I'm like, well, they did. And he's like, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, all right, let's like, and so I changed, as soon as I changed my mind frame to that, I wasn't actually scared of the the crowd or the people watching or people watching it t- on TV. I was sort of like, yeah, this is, this is actually going to be probably one of the best moments of my life. And this is my moment, yeah, so I'm yeah. going to enjoy it. Yeah, so yeah, but it was, it was almost like a out-of-body experience flying and, um, you know, I, I really wanted to win. I knew there was a, a big chance that I was going to gas out, but I decided that I needed to manage the fight so it was like a slow burn. Yeah, right. So it wasn't like a, you Windmill. know, a, yeah, just like, you know, first round, throw it all out and then what happened in the third happens at the end of the first, you know, and yeah, yeah. it just... Because yeah. I knew it was going to happen. It's just a matter of when. You were carrying yourself pretty well, but I see ex-footballers, particularly undercooked ones, and I wouldn't say Hodges is one of these because he's been fighting for a while now, but you see those blokes, particularly when they just do those full cards of footy fights, yeah. and you see them taking in big breaths yeah, around yeah. the third, fourth, yeah, yeah. Around, around the third. Yeah. Some of those ones go way too long. Yeah, they've, yeah. Got, they've got guys in their first fight doing 10 rounds. Yeah, it's almost like they're in, <laughs> they're in the pub fight. The first couple, they're just throwing them everywhere, yeah. and they're like, fuck, yeah. I don't know what to do now. And if well, you have seen those pub fights, you have seen pub fights that go so long that people are fucked. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, they end up just kind of like cuddling. 
rolling on the yeah. ground. Like, come on, man. In the shirt thanks, bro. You end up saying thanks, bro. Like, yeah, no, have a good up, night. Everyone's embarrassed here. Get off the ground. Let's go. Tell us, when, when did you start feeling that burn? When did the air feel colder? Mate, uh, the end of the second round, I was... Um, the end of the second round, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I'm, I'm blowing here. Mm-hmm. But the thing that was hardest for me that I didn't have experience on was uh, I was second-guessing myself in there because my coach... In my mind, I was like, I'm going to throw a jab and then uppercut or mm. a hook and then, you know, uppercut, whatever it may be, whatever combo it may be. But then my coach would yell out something else. Yeah. And that, I think, just comes with training, sparring, yeah. time together. Being able to read each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, I would be about to go throw something and he'd go, he'd go um, you know, hook, hook, hook. And I'd be like, shit. So <laughs> that was really, that was a hard, a hard, um, thing I was, there was almost one point where I was just going to be like, man, because I yelled at, I, I yelled at him. I don't know if you heard me, but. <laughs> He goes, breathe, Jordan. I go, I am fucking breathing. <laughs> and he goes, no one's ever yelled at me. He so came to the corner. He's like, don't fucking yell at me again. I'm like, I'm fucking breathing. Uh, so, yeah, but it was a second round. And then in my mind, I was like, all right, I need to just try and manage my punching, manage my breathing, you know, and um, just I was like, I'm just not going to get knocked out. Mm. So that was like my main thing. So, but, did, yeah. you, d- did you feel him rock you? I, mean, I couldn't see it personally. Oh, yeah. Was there one or two where you... Yeah, I think it actually happened in the second round or the start of the third. He came with a right and I sort of moved. I moved in closer to him and his forearm hit the back of my head, mm-hmm. just out the back here. And my eyes instantly went cross-eyed. Oh, no. Like my, yeah. my eyes, it felt like someone was pushing them in like that. And I, like I, you can see me go like that, shake my head. And then he smiled at me and then I smiled at him. And I was like, oh, yeah, like this is sick. Like, I was like, man, because when you get in there, you try and – because I'm quite a loose fighter. I was like – I was trying to just be too tight and like move around like a boxer instead of just moving around like, you know, dancing around. But he, he rocked me then – but my, yeah, my my eyes instantly just went like cross-eyed, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like I'm about to get knocked out here, and we smiled at each other. But the best part of it was, um, there was a moment we hugged each other, and he's like, "You know, don't like don't don't let go, man. Don't let go," because he was knackered, and I was like, "Trust me, man. I'm not going anywhere." And we we laughed, and that, and that that very moment, I was like like things in my life sort of like flickered in my mind. I was like, I'm in the ring with like Justin Hodges in front of fucking thousands of people. Like, sorry for all those things I said to you on that day. (laughs) I told, I told, this is a funny story. A lot of people don't know, but he's, uh, he actually talked about it, but um, I gave him some clothes from YKTR. Yeah. Right. Did you guys hear about that? No, no, no. So like on the, uh, the weigh-in, the weigh-in, he, um, he was wearing the same kit and I was like, the fuck? Like, what's going on here? Like, and then so, someone goes, "Oh, you know, they lost his luggage at the airport." And then I was like, "Oh, so that's." I was like, "That's slack." So, I, I hit him up afterwards. I said, "Oh, hey man, like, where are you staying? I'll come drop you off a box of clothes and shit." So, him and I actually spoke for like an hour, <laughs> like the day before the fight. We just sat there <laughs> vaping, like, just talking at the at the casino at the air and the and the thing. Like, had a bit of a um, steak sandwich, and like we were just chatting, man. And he was just it was giving me good advice, and I was trying to think like he's he's trying to little bro me, so I feel bad. But he goes, you know, like I'm going to try and knock you out, and 
you know, we were, we just we were just had a mad chat before that, and I said, "Man, sorry for saying that stuff. Like that wasn't me." I said, "You know, the fight game is." He's like, "He's this like, this is the most unconventional pre-fight preparation I've ever had a steak sandwich and apologize for everything you said." There, we, I bought him a box of clothes too, and he's like, "Thanks, bro." And we just like we sat there and we just talked for an hour, man. And I, I said to my old boy, "He's like, my dad's a massive Queensland supporter and yeah. stuff." It's a funny fucking story too, but yeah, I was like, "Man, I was just talking." to Justin Hodges for about an hour of having a steak sandwich before we fight each other like what well you, you get through you get through all four rounds you, you lose just on points just which is as good as kind of winning a match I guess if you if you yeah. your first ever match you, you're saying you just admitted then in the ring that you weren't familiar with taking instruction from the corner mid fight to, to, to get through it that was fight. annoying me to be honest with you I was like fuck up <laughs> Sorry for swearing. No, you're right. You're right on this one. So then you you get there, you've done it. How soon after that fight did the conversations? What about your next one? Did you walk into the drinks after the match and and one of the Rose Boys says, "Let's do it again"? Yeah. Well, I I I actually, as soon as I like got into the change room, I, I will after the fight, I was like, "Fuck!" If I had a nice like six to eight week training camp, yeah. I would have definitely won that because yeah. it was just the engine that blew yeah. out. So I, st- I pulled my shots and yeah. I couldn't punch in because I was just exhausted. But straight away and plus two, I made a bit of coin from it. Mm. So I was like, and that was only in a two week, well, not even that, like a, a 10 days, a 10 day period. Mm. So I was like, man, if I can do this again, make a stack of cash and, you know, fight someone else and actually not gas out this time. Mm. I, so I, I seen Maddie and and um, called Georgie the next day and I said, "Yeah, sign me up." So, well, here we go. Well, you've already called out Gal. Is anyone else in your in your scope? Yeah, I mean, oh man, I would like to. F- I would honestly fight every month in the back end of the year, like any NRL player. Probably not Junior Paulo. <laughs> um, something about him just not right. You know what I mean? And you know, he's just such a nice guy as well that yeah. it's just weird. You know, you'd rather him be an asshole, but yeah, I not necessarily. I mean, the boys, uh, Georgie and stuff, did potentially say um, John Sutton. Okay, he was training the other day. Um, I know heaps of those boys down from Maruba and stuff, and um, it's just Rennie. Yeah, well, man, Rennie's apparently can throw them. Yeah, he's, so, he's had a fight actually. I've seen yeah, that. so who like who who knows, man? I'll, I'd honestly, if they hit me up and said, "Do you want to fight someone?" Anyone, I would do it. Yeah. Oh well. Surely it's it's Gal knockout Gal SBW. No knockout Gal, get the misses back SBW. Yeah. yeah. Engagement <laughs> on cloud nine. I honestly, oh post fight engagement yeah. like um, Toto style. You could. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe UFC. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's get maybe the- even wrestling. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, PWA as well. That's um. We, um, you know, obviously Danson Clancy Overall made his debut earlier this year. Uh, Simi, that could be some good off-season training for you. Cinderella I, Man. On, yeah, Cinderella Man's a nice. <laughs> I love that. I actually fucking love that. But you know what? I, I just, it was a it was a thing to the boys at like, you know, YKTR and stuff. I said, I said like, you know, we could literally infiltrate. <laughs> we just infiltrated Australian boxing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and actually, you know. Pretty much got majority of the press for that. Well, whole that's fight. it. They, they said to you at the start, "Don't embarrass your company. Don't embarrass the sport. Don't embarrass your girlfriend. Don't embarrass yourself. Don't embarrass your family or her family." And that they were just talking about the media. You managed to get through the fight without doing any of that either. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I think I think yeah. it's on the up and up for the Cinderella Man Simi. Thank you. 
Thank you. Well, thanks for joining us today, mate. I'm actually, oh. in my mind, I'm going over who is out there. Because some of these players are fighting mid-career too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. At the end of the uh, at the end of the season, yeah, I would love to fight as many NRL players as possible. I mean, not not saying that I want to beat up NRL players. I mean, even <laughs> Union players. Oh, actually, Quaid, maybe Drew Mitchell. Drew Mitchell. Yeah, that's he was talking shit Drew. about NRL players yeah. and footy players. That, but he, that'd be a nice one. Drew Mitchell, um, Quaid. Nah, nah, can't fight Quaid. Nah. <laughs> I'd lose. <laughs> he's, 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 he's had so many fights. Yeah, no, but um, I actually talk, I talk to Quaid a lot. You know, this this is another crazy thing too, man. It's like the line of work that I found myself in and the circles that I found myself in, you know, Sonny Bill reaching out to me, Quaid reaching out to me, like just people that, you know, you just would never have thought. <laughs> you could have played 300 games at NRL and probably not got those text messages. Exactly, bro. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm just super grateful for, for anything and everything that comes comes with it, man. So, Well, you've done it, mate. You've done it, Simi. Thanks, mate. One fight it. under the belt. One man's fight for love. And plenty more to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've got another big thing coming up too for the uh, for the, the fight for love is um, I'm doing an, uh, an art show. Oh, right. An Painter. Art, yeah. Fuck, he's an all-rounder. I'm an artist too. Yeah. yeah, right. So I'm doing a big art show in uh, Piermont. Okay. Yeah, so that should be... Fuck. That's my next thing, so keep an eye out on the papers for that. Fuck, Cinderella, Basquiat, <laughs> everything. You got him, man, in this in this league. Yeah, well, thank you. And uh, where can the listeners on the track do who hasn't, hasn't, haven't heard? Where can they find you now? Uh, my podcast is Grass and a Few Reds, um, Instagram, Jordan.Simmy, and yeah, YKTR Sports. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.